Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. The Audi Q5 is highly regarded in the mid-sized luxury SUV category. Visit Audi Solitaire online today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Oh, good morning to you. Great to have you on board this morning. It is Saturday morning. Where else would you rather be? We're going to have a big, big show for you today. So much to talk about. Last night's result, of course, uh, the Saints... Big, big uh, upset. They got smashed by the Bombers in the end. The Tigers were in the mix as well Thursday night footy. Lots to talk about there as well. Contentious, protected zone rule, 0427154166. That's got people absolutely up in arms as well. Brad Scott was in town to talk to the Sample bosses. And a man who knows Jason Horn Francis better than a lot is Bryce Gibbs. So we'll talk about Jason Horn Francis very, very soon. Good morning to you, Gibbsy. Good morning, Hazy. What a lovely morning it is in Adelaide today. Gorgeous, isn't it? I thought there was a, we were right stuck bang in the middle of winter and it's been Beautiful. raining for the best part of three weeks, but this is very good conditions very for nice. winter footy. It's very nice. We had uh, development squads on at uh, Norlunga last night and for the middle of winter, those games can get a bit cold and a bit rainy for the kids, but... Uh, Picture perfect down at uh, No Longer Downs. How yeah, good. Where else would you rather be, perfect. eh? Where great, great else would of, you rather be? Tommy Lyons in. G'day, Tommy. Yeah, good morning to you both. Um, Gibsy, I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but it, no matter how cold it gets, Hazy still comes in wearing short shorts. Yeah. And, and his legs are exquisite, but they're, they're very smooth as well. Like they've, I don't know, like they've been waxed or... Streamlined, or he's just a man that looks after himself, yeah. isn't he? Look at he's just a, just a man that's obsessed with himself. I love it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> real solid self care. Now, thank you for noticing that, um, Tommy, because I did throw the clippers over the legs just a couple of days ago <laughs> just to keep the boys honest. But, yeah. uh, just in terms of comfort, I'm at the stage of my life now where I'm almost 37 and um, I value comfort over everything else, so I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm yeah. shorts 365 days a year type operator. I was going to throw it back on to Bryce and say, Tommy, have you noticed Bryce's lovely new haircut? Isn't it sharp? It is. It's very military style on the sides. Well, you know what they say on radio, (laughs) isn't it? Look good, feel good, talk well on the airways. That's the the philosophy I've been told through my whole radio career. I think I've heard that as well. I've heard that saying somewhere. As for you, Tom, um, yeah, you're here. You're looking okay. <laughs> I turned up. I'm uh, wearing my uh, – I found my Russia uh, – even though Russia aren't very popular right now, my mum gave me this Russian oh. hat and uh, it's very warm. So they, they they make warm clothing. That's a plus. The rest of it, not so much. Yeah. How unbelievably inappropriate that you've uh, got a little Russian theme going on. But that's fine, mate. That's completely fine. Um, let's talk about last night's result. So – the Bombers produced, I'm not even sure if it's an upset because I don't even know where the Saints are at. It's, it feels like right now, if the finals were played and the Saints are in there, they are purely there to make up numbers. It was a bit of a danger game, I think, for St Kilda. And Essendon have showed some good signs, I reckon, in the last two weeks uh, without putting a four-quarter effort together. And um, I watched a little bit of it and they just looked really good defensively. Their pressure around the ball around the contest was at a level we haven't seen from them for most of the year and they just looked to play as a unit, which um, 
which they're capable of doing, as, as we saw last night. So they'll take a tremendous amount of confidence out of that game and they could be a bit of a danger side for teams in the back half of the year. They should be better than what they are. Yeah, Essendon. we were saying just before, uh, Essendon's side have so many great players and so many great kids in inside that team. They should be going a lot better than they are. Mm. They are a top eight squad. They are. Look at the look at the list. You've got Merritt. You've got Shield. Jai uh, Caldwell's a very very good uh, player as well. I'm just going through some of the stats. Andy McGrath was good. You've got Heppel, who's still there. Perkins is one of those kids you're talking about who's yeah. developing really really nicely. So uh, it doesn't make sense that they're sort of sitting there. Um, 16th on the ladder. And the Saints, the coach, Brett Ratton, as you would imagine, wasn't overly pleased post-game. That was as hard to watch for a while that we've been involved in. It was, um, and especially with where we're at um, as a group in the game and what it meant to us um, in regards to Spud's game and that that was that was really below par. You know, execution by foot, 3v1 and we missed the target. Um, we squandered so many opportunities, but then then you look on the other side of the coin and say, 38 tackles for a game isn't where we're at. It's um yeah, it'll be a little bit confusing if you're a St Kilda supporter because this is supposed to be the Saints' year to surprise a few, but right now it just feels like if they went to the finals and they won one, that's a blessing, but they're probably not going to do much more than that. Well, they've got a tough draw coming up in the next four or five weeks, so they play. Let's have a look. Uh, Sydney, Carlton, Frio, and the Bulldogs. So it's a tough mm. little run for them. And that, but they do get Jack Steele back, I believe, next week, who's coming back from an, an AC joint surgery type setup. So he'll obviously be a, a huge inclusion for them. But with Carlton losing on Thursday night, that was a game they could have uh, you know, stayed in touch with the top four a lot more. But um, yeah, they, they certainly didn't make the most of that one. It's that time of the year when a lot of teams who you think are locks for the eight or locks for the four, I think as Damien Hardwick says, you've got to put your big boy pants on. Um, some just fall. It's like the Bulldogs last year. They just fell out of the, the top four when they were raging favourites for a while there. So it um, gets really hard in winter. Speaking of Damien Hardwick, uh, he was very strong on Shea Bolton on Thursday night. So there was an instant Shea Bolton where he was running into an open goal and he just did what... So many people in the crowd said that is just pure <laughs> entertainment. Showed the pill and said, have a look at this. This is what you want. I'm just going to uh, absolutely slot this through the hey diddle diddle. Um, so internally, wasn't well received. Damien Harvick said, we're not about this. Um, as a supporter, I said, absolutely, we're about this. But I mean, take us through a Bryce. For someone, let's just say that either a Carlton or Adelaide, a young player who is a genuine superstar in the making, did something like that? How would that be addressed? And do you even have a problem with it? When I saw it live, I, I didn't like it. And I think it was to Sam Doherty too. So if you're going to do it to anyone, Sam mm. Doherty's probably not the, the player to show the ball to and, and rub it into his face running into an open goal. So what makes me think how it happened, I think there was a bit of niggle during the game and it's obviously a high-pressure game and a big game for both of those sides. But... Um, yeah, I was sort of, I was sort of I'm with Damien Hardwick on this one. I, I didn't like it. And if and if a, if a teammate, young teammate, did it for me, I'd I would have uh, had words with him. Ooh, strong words. I would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you liked it, Tommy? Surely. I liked watching it, but it did give me a little bit of PTSD because uh, when I once upon a time played football, I was short but also slow. So 
Uh, it happened to me a few times, uh, getting shown the ball, and, and I, the I didn't like the feeling it gave me. <laughs> yeah, this is what you're after, isn't it, Tommy? You can't have this. Uh, Never could. Tigers, though, they look pretty good. They're without s- Dusty Martin. Without Dusty Martin. And they just played the conditions better than Carlton, especially in the first quarter or two. And that's probably what won in the game in the end. Um, they, they play that for, um, frantic... Uh, surge mentality type footy, which we've come accustomed to over the last couple of years, and um, they look very good. Mm. They look very good. So, like you said, the top eight probably feels like it's going to start really shaping up over the next sort of four to six weeks, but maybe the Tigers are starting to really, really come. This game today for Port Adelaide is season-defining. They lose this, it would almost be mission impossible to make the finals. Yeah, it's a big one, and with no Travis Boak too, he's out with the um, COVID protocols, so he's having another fantastic year for for someone of his age. Um, so he's going to be uh, truly missed, and yeah, it's going to be going to be a tough one. Sydney are in pretty good form as well. What about your Crows, Tommy? How are you feeling about that? Where not, are the boys at? Not confident. I think it's Gold Coast time to um, do something, <laughs> and the Crows are pants. I th- I don't think they've lost to the Gold Coast ever. They pants them every time I've seen them. Is and that a stat? Is that a genuine stat? Or you just look, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, I'm going to go back and yeah. have a look at it now, but I, I don't think they've lost to the Suns. And we're just not good enough. Like, we've got too many, too many C grade players, I think. See, last time I checked as well, the Suns were paying about a dollar oh two, not quite <laughs> that extreme, but I reckon, yeah. the, I reckon the, the Crows are paying about five bucks. Yeah. Yeah, $4.90 to $1.17. So there you go. Heavy, heavy favourites, the Suns, as they should. They've been charging the last sort of three or four weeks. I tell you what, if, if the Crows bring that defensive game and, and the pressure and the relentless effort and are in it at halftime, then, then they're a real good chance. Mm. But um, maybe, maybe they need to shave their legs. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Just roll the clippers to- over. Talking about our well-manicured uh, Andrew Hayes again, we've got a text from Brett. Uh, morning, gents. Hazy, when you're brushing your hair... <laughs> Do you air kiss the mirror? Uh, there's two parts to that question, Brett. Um, <laughs> first part, no, I don't brush my hair. Second part, yes, do kiss the mirror. It's about self-love. If you can't love yourself, then who can, who, who can you love, Gibbsy? Come on. Well, you were it. one of those. Um, starts internally. When you're an adolescent, you practiced kissing on with your yourself arm. on the mirror? Yeah, on on, your, on arm your arm, yeah. Before you graduate <laughs> to the mirror. <laughs> You've got to start somewhere. Um, love a debut as well. Bryn Teekle is going to uh, play his first game of football. It's quite a remarkable story. There's some great stories coming out of the uh, mid-season draft, but this is a kid who just about two and a half weeks ago got picked up via the mid-season draft, which is turning into a, um, a fun little story maker, isn't it, the mid-season draft? But it's a big fella from East Fremantle, I think it is. Big mullet, did really well against the Dogs last week, kicked three goals. Um, and he looks like he's got an opportunity to be an absolute fan favourite. Yeah, and... You love seeing it. All the guys that have been recently taken the mid-season draft, we saw Durden get an opportunity for Carlton. We saw Dan Brucio for uh, Essendon last night yep. and obviously Tickle today. So um, for guys to get picked up mid-season and then to be playing in the AFL only a week later, it's pretty special. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can produce today. We are learning more and more about Bryn Tickle. So what I have been told, and I probably need to be careful with this because I've heard it secondhand, so when you hear something secondhand, perhaps they heard it secondhand and they heard it secondhand. So it could be sixth hand by the time it gets <laughs> to me. But what we are hearing is that uh, the new number 27, who we're going to fall in love with today for Port Adelaide, that apparently does have a nickname and we like to give footballers nicknames. And it's pretty easy to get a nickname in a football club. 
So I hope this is true. But what I've been told is, and this is just why footy clubs are so magnificent. Apparently, we could almost call it a rumour mill. I need someone inside the football club to confirm it. Bryn Teekle turned up and Ken Hinckley got him in front of the whole group as soon as he got recruited, just maybe even just a few minutes after he sort of got to the club. Introduced him, said this, said that. I said, oh, Bryn's come over from the waffle and um, now Tess is going to be a massive addition to the club and uh, no doubt everyone's going to get around Tess and all these, all these sorts of things just to welcome him. And he's sort of half looking at Ken and everyone's looking at Ken going, what is he talking about? As he keeps on throwing in the word Tess. Uh, and it said, guys, uh, give him, give Tess a big welcome, big clap. And apparently, <laughs> someone finally cracked and said, what's, what's with the Tess? Kenny said, oh, Tess, that's his new nickname, Tess Teekle. <laughs> so the big Tess, the big Tess. I hope that's true. I really hope that's true because I'm on a uh, platform here now, which makes it sort of somewhat official. So I um, have to get word from inside the club, but it's a good, strong football nickname that, by all reports, he wasn't called Tess before he got here, but um, credit to the club and credit to the boys if that is his new nickname. Well, if it's not true, I think we can – let's make this happen if it's not. I, I reckon that's fantastic. <laughs> it's a confirmation <laughs> that Tess's nickname is indeed Tess. Number 27 in Tess We Trust. <laughs> oh, geez. So there you go. Brent teagle has got a new nickname and um, some of the other footy nicknames. Surely you've been around some um, interesting nicknames. Maybe you've – um, develop them yourself. Have you been on the end of some? You've spent about 15 years in the system. You would have seen some pearlers. Uh, and as you said before, this is why we love footy clubs because they're a, a, such a unique environment where, where it, especially nicknames. And we know that if you are given a nickname in a football club and the more you hate it and the more you attest to it and the more you don't want it to stick, it's you know locked. what's going to happen every, every time. It's going to stick. It is absolutely locked in. So I used to play with a, a bloke called Sponge, Luke Cowan. Very, very good player as well. He was uh, called Sponge because he used to soak up a lot of grog. I think everyone, oh, I know I've uh, played footy with two sets of horses. One because he looked like a horse, had a horse head, and the other one because of some other reason which couldn't quite work out. Um, and he's the obvious ones. Everyone who's played with someone who's got red hair has been called Bluey, etc. Some good ones. Some real low-hanging fruit as well. Some, but that's what you get. Pickings. That's all we need. We had uh, Mark Murphy. Every time we used to go get a coffee, you know, just a strong skinny latte, thanks. Yeah, what's the name for that? Oh, Mark, but with a C. <laughs> so when we're waiting for our coffee, oh, uh, got a strong skinny latte for Kark. Kark, anyone? <laughs> Karky. <laughs> Mark with a C. There you go. It is Mark with a C, isn't it? It is Mark with a C, that's... so Kark. That's very, very unique. Like uh, Nick Fosdyke. I think Nick Fosdyke was NIC, wasn't he? Nick Fosdyke or something yeah, like that? Yes, he was. There you he go. Was, uh, Mark Clayton told me a good one yesterday, actually, when he used to play at the Magpies, who I work with, the talent manager down at South Adelaide. Um, one, of his, one of his mates was called Two Cats. Two Cats. Two Cats. He had a, he had a big behind, a bit, yeah. bit of junk in the trunk. So when he was running around playing footy, it looked like there were two cats fighting <laughs> in a bag. <laughs> That's good. Two cats. Two cats. There's a bit in that that thought process to get that nickname. Very, very good. 0427154166. Some of the great footy nicknames, just nicknames in general. Are you on the end of one? Or have you given your mates one that's absolutely stuck? There's some absolute pearlers out there. That text line, once again, 0427154166. Jason Horn Francis, Horny. That's what they call him, isn't it? That was his nickname. 
We can give him Hornet. Hornet. <laughs> Hornet. 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 He's got a few. You know him better than most. There's been a lot spoken about Jason Norton Francis in the last couple of weeks, good and bad. So we're going to speak to you about this. We're going to go in depth with Tell Me Bryce just about what this kid is actually like because you could probably settle a few things, I reckon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat about this, actually. And we've spoken about him at length at times on this show. Uh, and his name has been in the media pretty much all year for, for a lot of different things. So we'll, uh, we'll dive into that. Tell me, Bryce. Tell me, sweet little Bryce. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me, Bryce. So what we like to do is just go into the inner sanctum, the inner psyche of Bryce Gibbs, a man who's played over 260 AFL games, has pretty much done it all. Jason Norton Francis is one who you know really well as well. You've got a personal relationship. You were, had a strong hand in his development at South Adelaide last year. The talk has been so varied across the last sort of two or three weeks about Jason Horn Francis, not just about his future, but what's happening on field, etc. Um, some very, very interesting comments from former number one pick Jack Watts, who spoke via a Herald Sun podcast recently. If, if I'm him, you, I'd be getting out of there, yeah. personally. And, and I think... But you didn't. Well, I didn't, exactly. And that's why I'd, I'd probably say, you know, it didn't really turn Should out have. great for me. Really yeah. did it. So, you know, it, it's it's a tough one. And just the amount of pressure he's under, anything he does or, you know, if you pick 76 and he, you like yeah. A, yeah. a tweet yeah. or you like a something, or no one yeah. no one cares. But, um, yeah. and, you know, even the thing with Todd Goldstein, yeah. that probably happens five yeah. times at every other club. No, but because it it's doesn't. Him, some really interesting points there. There's a lot going on. And North Melbourne champion, SEN's very own David King, had this to say on SEN Breakfast yesterday. And what this does is it creates other discussion pieces. If this is overwhelmingly too much at the moment, well, then it creates another discussion. Well, how do you go back to Adelaide, a two-team town, and cost two first-round draft picks and play for $800,000 a year and accept that same pressure that comes mm. with that? So there's, there's discussion pieces everywhere with this. I don't yeah. agree with it. Discussion pieces galore. Perception versus reality. Your take on the situation, Bryce, and what is this kid like? How would he be dealing with it? Because everything, it's its a rough time of the year as well. As we know, it's mid-season, so we're probably waiting another month or so until we genuinely know what the finals are going to shape up like. So its it's not a good time to make a headline because it probably does get elevated just a little bit more, but he is in the headlines. He's been well spoken about, hasn't he, for, for a lot of the year and... And it, it, is, it is right. Like, naturally, that is the number one draft pick. Extra eyes, extra pressure are going to be on him. That's just the way it is. Um, so I want to talk a bit about his mindset leading into the draft. So the year I spent with him at South Adelaide, I watched him closely. I worked with him closely. And I was always a, a shoulder to lean on if he needed it. He didn't, he didn't need it too much. He was pretty, pretty level-headed and, and, he, and he was pretty determined in what he wanted to do. So with the pressure with the speculation that he could be going number one, he handled it very, very well. He had, obviously, the media talking about him weekly. Uh, on a Saturday, teams would come after him in terms of trying to rough him up a little bit, get under his skin, um, which for a 17, 18-year-old, I think he handled it very, very well. Uh, and he was very determined to, to go number one. I think he, he said himself that that's what he wanted to achieve, and he, he achieved that. So that, that comes with some pressure and that, that comes with a bit of external pressure. And he handled it very well. Now he's been drafted number one. He's at a club that is struggling. He's a competitor. He wants to win 
at all costs, which is a fantastic thing. He, he wants things to happen quickly. Yeah. And off the back of this, we've seen him be frustrated on game day. Um, he's had some things where he, didn't, he wanted to come home, didn't tell the club. All, all these things that have been publicly spoken about and publicly spoken about at length. With putting his contract on hold, that again brings a different sort of pressure. And, and it is tough. It is tough. He would be getting his head around this new pressure and everyone reacts to it differently. And he, he would be struggling at times. So one, my question would be, how's the support? What's the support like he's getting from the club, first and foremost? He's obviously, he's very close with his family. So I know they get over as much as they can. And as you said, he's, I think they've got the buy this week, so there's no doubt he'll be, he'll be coming home to spend some time with them, which we hope that he's asked the club and got permission for <laughs> because uh, that, that'll create another headline. But he's a family man. He's close with his family. And I, I just, I'm wondering about what sort of support he's getting over there at the moment because he would be going through some things, and, and, it, and it certainly is tough. So although it's different pressures to what it was leading into the draft, he needs some help with this as well. He's an 18-year-old kid. He's moved from a small country town in Adelaide to the bright lights of Melbourne. It is a big adju adjustment. And with the competitive streak in him, him wanting to win and him wanting to win now, um, it's going to take some time to get used to it. And, and he's still learning his craft as a football player. He's still learning the ropes, what it takes to be an AFL player, what standards he needs to set, how he needs to behave he, he needs to understand everybody is watching him with everything he does. So with that, yeah. when he liked that tweet or liked the photo, if he chooses to do something like that, there is going to be backlash one way or the other. Right, wrong or indifferent. I mean, in the big scheme of things, it's not that big a deal, but it's going to generate conversation. It's going to generate opinions. It's going to cause discussions. So... He's have never had to worry about that in his life up until now. And until he learns that and gets educated through that, you don't know what you don't know, I suppose, do you? No. So with all that being said, the media scrutiny, is it fair or is it part of the package of being a number one pick? It comes with the territory, unfortunately, whether you like it or not. But what it, what it does do, and it, it was really good for me, it, it creates resilience in you. So when, when you're not going so well or your team's not going so well and you've, you feel like the media's coming after you, externally people are talking about you, it thickens your skin. And I went through some similar stuff in my first couple of years in terms of going to a Carlton who were down the bottom of the ladder. You know, my form, if I probably wasn't at Carlton, there's no doubt I would have been dropped on form and, and had a spell in the twos and... All those sort of things that were spoken about, I, looking back, later on in my career, I was better for it. And it made me more resilient and it, and it made me have thicker skin when, when people would um, have an opinion on, on how you're going form-wise or how you, your team's going. Uh, and I have no doubt Jason's in a similar position and he will be better for this experience, whether it doesn't seem like it at the moment, but he certainly will. Mm. Well, get involved this morning, 0427-154-166. Uh, your take on the Jason Horn francis situation, the media scrutiny, is it fair, is it not? Um, because it's been an absolute roller coaster and a, a tornado of different things that have emerged or have been thrown at Jason Horn francis over the past probably month, I'd say, 
four or five weeks. And like David King said, it's not going to go away anytime soon, uh, particularly the longer that he doesn't sign and then it's going to continue if he does, for whatever reason, come back home in the, in the near future. And, and it's a different beast here in Adelaide. Obviously, being in Melbourne, um, it's, it's heavy scrutiny, but there's a lot more teams. So the scrutiny might only last a week or two and then it moves on to someone else. But here in Adelaide, yep. two-team town, that's all people talk about, especially mm. in the media over here. So it's Port of the Crows and, and that's it. So it is it's certainly a different beast in, in terms of what it throws up in that space. But... Um, I mean, whether he stays at North Melbourne or he doesn't, like, for for the rest of his career, he's going to be spoken about more often than not because of where he went in the draft. Sounds like someone who uh, lived that uh, lifestyle. Did your name get mentioned a couple of times in the news cycles while you are playing for the Crows, did it? Uh, yeah, I think so, from memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't you just block it out? <laughs> didn't you just ignore it? Exactly. Thicker skin, like I said. <laughs> Two minutes past nine. Uh, Tommy Lyon as well has uh, penned a nice little tribute song to Jason Horn Francis. That's what he does, Tommy. He's a little musical maestro. So um, just in the theme of uh, Country Road, Take Me Home. The Audi Q5 is highly regarded in the mid-sized luxury SUV category. Visit Audi Solitaire online today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. 0427-154-166. Some of the great footy nicknames, it's emerged... Hopefully it's true. That's uh, Bryn Teekle, the debutant for Port Adelaide today. He's got a new nickname. It is Tess. <laughs> Number 27, go Tess, the big Teekle. Uh, this one from Brad. He says, Bryce, that two cats nickname was so funny. I might pass that one on to my brother for the exact same reasons you described. <laughs> what was it in short? A couple of cats fighting in your oh, ass. In a bag. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's a video. Uh, Tommy's in. <laughs> Morning, Tommy. You're morning. an absolute wizard when it comes to all things music. Uh, we've been absolutely blessed to get pretty much a song from you each and every week to cover the hot topics. What do you got this week? Oh, thank you. Well, I, I just heard you guys talking about Jason Horn Francis a moment ago. So I thought during the break I would write a song. <laughs> That's quick. Um, That's a quick I know turnaround. it wasn't like it was only a few minutes I had, so I had to be quick. But honestly, as a Crows Allport fan, you would give anything to get him. He's the X-Factor player that definitely the Crows need in the midfield. And he's just got so many attributes that we, we don't have. Um, looking through the media and in his draft year, he seems very close with his family and his mum. And it seems like he, w- he would love to live closer to them. So, of course, I would, I would give anything to bring him over. And this is just reaching out to him to say hello to the song. What's the song called, Hazy? A uh, bit of Country Road. Country Road, that's right. Bit, Thanks. Bit of Johnny Denver. Put off contract talks, clearly playing, frustrated. Flew home to Adelaide to see his mum on Mother's Day without telling the club. The club wasn't happy about that. You know I'm a raging optimist and I've got a very positive view on this situation. Horn Francis <laughs> and North Melbourne are in a situation that only ends one way. He's obnoxious whenever he plays But I'd give North my firstborn To send him our way He'll explode So bring him home To Adelaide And the Crows Horn Francis Needs his mama to bring him home to the cross. Ah, 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 ah. 
He's abusing <laughs> his teammates on field, yet he's happy to spray guys that are 300 gamers. Cause he don't like North Melbourne and losing every day. I'd trade Chase Jones with Rory Sloan, Maddie Crouch, and Jimmy Rose. <laughs> bring Jason to his mama. So bring him home to the crows. Tommy. Oh, Tommy. Well done. Oh, Congratulations, mate. mate. That was special. Very, very good. Good solid West Virginia accent there too. Yeah, I really had to tap into my inner inner American there. Um, <clears throat> that was a fun one. There you go. I noticed some of the no- names that you threw up there as well to uh, in a little trade to lure Jason Horn Francis back home. But uh, they you, honestly wouldn't get it done though. Yeah, you wouldn't throw. <laughs> you didn't throw in Josh Rochelle or Riley Thilthorpe, no, did you? They so they're off the table. They're but off the everyone, table. everyone else, there's forty people in the squad, <laughs> plus draft picks. There you go, <laughs> Gibbs. You know the man. Can you make sure Jason Horn Francis hears that song? I, I reckon him hearing that. You'd be like, where do I sign? Yeah, how could you say no to that? <laughs> this is what's waiting for you at home, Jason. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. Your biggest decision now is Crows or Port. All right, 0427-154-166. Get involved with the show this morning. Let's do a bit of a game analysis next. So a couple of big games ahead. Port are taking on Sydney at Adelaide Oval today. Need to win this to stay alive. And then the Crows taking on the Suns up at Metricon tomorrow. So thoughts? Get involved this morning, 0427-154-166. Do you give Port a chance today? Because it's 2012, I think someone told me, is the last time that Robbie Gray and Travis Boak didn't play together. They've been absolute stalwarts. Wow. It's been over 10 years. Because Rob- Travis Boak just doesn't miss football. Yeah. Robbie's been probably in and out a little bit, but they've just been an absolute staple for so long. Well, he's a big miss, Trav. Uh, and like a fine wine, he just keeps getting better at mm. each and every year. So um, he will be missed and, and Sydney are in good form at the moment. So it's going to be a nice day though, which uh, which will probably be good for Sydney, I reckon. Um, you know a piece of trivia? I have several pairs of Bokey's underwear. Oh. He gave, Rogers? He, yeah, so? the underwear oh, brand. Gotcha. He came in one day at my previous work. He was a, a regular guest. And he goes, you want some new undies, mate? And I was like, hell yeah. And they are the best jocks <laughs> I've ever like, worn. Hell yeah. There you go. You were in Bogey's books. We are just plugging Roger's they're, undies. They're very smooth on the boys. <laughs> I, I initially <laughs> thought important. they were like match-worn jocks for a second. Like, he's giving me his jocks. Yeah. Nah, yeah. mate. No, I, no, they'd be, if I had that, they'd be on eBay. <laughs> Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. And we're coming to you live from Studio Lumo SA, right in the heart of the city. One King William Street. Gorgeous day across Adelaide today, isn't it? Gibbs, you mean you could almost sort of flirt with the idea of uh, showing some skin to the sun, but it's not quite that warm, but we're heading that way. And right here in the studio, the sun, when it rises, it comes straight through the window. Hits you right almost in between the my face. Sunny's on. It's that bright in here mm. at the moment, but. Uh, a lovely winter's day. That's what we'd like to see. It's bright in here, mate, because you're a rising radio star. <laughs> that's what's going on. That's the shine coming through. It's the through. shine coming off your legs, actually. Your <laughs> waxed, manicured legs. Yeah, threw some moisturiser on them this morning, so they are looking an absolute treat. A couple of big games for our South Australian Cubs uh, clubs, rather, this weekend. Uh, might be Port's biggest game of the season. I don't think I'm overhyping that too much. They take on the Swans this afternoon at Adelaide Oval. So um, it is 12th. Port Adelaide taking on the Swans. We're now 6th because uh, the Saints have dropped uh, with that loss last night. They've dropped some percentage, so the Swans will be happy with that. Um, Port Adelaide need to win this 
In comes Brent Tekel, uh, the big tests for his first game at AFL level, the mid-season recruit. Jackson Mead gets a go, as does Mitch Georgiades, who's been very good playing in the sample for the last couple of weeks. Robbie Gray's got a knee issue. How long he's going to be on the sidelines for, we don't know. He basically has to start again because he's been carrying a sore knee for the whole year. Stevie Motlop's been dropped and Travis Spoke has got COVID. And as we know, Trent Dumont is out with an injured calf. How do you see this one going down, given as well... Pretty solid addition for the Swans. They get back Lance Franklin. That's a huge in, isn't it? Uh, and it's going to be a tough day for Port Adelaide, I think. I mean, we know they started the season off slow. They hit back with four or five wins on the trot, leading into the bye, and, and now they've got a tough little draw, and it starts with Sydney today. Uh, Harry Cunningham comes back in, and you said Lance Franklin, who is another one that just keeps... Keeps producing, doesn't yep. he? He still looks very dangerous. Um, and a dry, sunny day here in Adelaide today. Uh, it's going to be tough for Port Adelaide, I reckon. Yeah, and just on Lance Franklin as well. So Alir Alir, his old teammate, will probably get first dibs on him. I, I, I just look at it from my small bit of knowledge of how to play defence and how on God's green earth do you play on Lance Franklin? What, what would you do? It, it's not about stopping him, is it? It's about trying to limit him and then saying to the midfielders, Please work really hard in the guts so, <laughs> yeah. his, so his service isn't supreme. Yeah, and he, he's not having, you know, 15 to 20 touches. He only needs eight to 10 touches and he'll kick four. Uh, he's still moving as well as he ever has. And uh, you're right, that the, the midfield pressure needs to be elite. To one, to win their own clearances, so it's not going down there. And two, if they do win it, Sydney through the middle, uh, the pressure needs to be high to, to create dirty ball to not make it easier for Lance Franken, Fra- Franken, Franklin. So um, how, how good have the McCartan brothers been, just quietly down back for Sydney? That, what, that's been one of the great stories of the year. It really is. And every time Paddy McCartan in particular does something good, you just sort of sit there and say, how good is that? And almost give it a little round of applause because, uh, again, the Swans are really, really good at just finding uh, little diamonds in amongst the rough. So they've, and it wasn't easy for Paddy McCartan. He had to go through via their NEFL side and sort of prove that he could still play at this level and and prove that, I mean, it's a different situation that we're all sort of, pardon the pun, trying to get our heads around, that he's got a history of head knocks, that he has to basically find the confidence and, and all sorts of aspects to see that he can play down back, or play football rather, and they've thrown him down back and he's almost a bit of a revelation. Like he is... He's Heath Grundy 2.0 down there. Same number as well. Yeah, and there's no doubt that Sydney, where they are sitting on the ladder, are, are hugely uh, there from, from those two boys. And obviously being brothers, and they know each other pretty well and, and they're waxing awesome. So um, those two have been great to watch this year. It's been a great story. We'll see what Port Adelaide can do, and in particular in this forward line. So right now, Todd Marshall, uh, Charlie Dixon, Jeremy Finlayson will be there. You'd imagine... Perhaps uh, Mitch Georgiades will be in there as well. So four tools playing at the one time. There's been question marks on whether that can happen. Can they all coexist? Given as well that Mitch Georgiades is not a big lumbering tall forward. The guy is an athletic freak. So you could almost say, look, Mitch, just go and find the footy. Could he play a bit of a higher role? Because if he's out, so if Stevie Motlop's out, he could be that sort of medium forward if he had to play that way. Yeah, he's a bit more of that hybrid sort of floating type forward, isn't he? So I, they all can be dangerous. And if Port can generate quick ball movement, a bit like what we saw Essendon do last night, off their half back, a bit of run and carry through the middle, got it into Drapers and two-metre Peters, and, and they marked the ball. So I think if Port can, Houston's 
um, Burn Jones can create a bit of run and carry, break some lines, get it in deep and quick to these to these tall forwards. They they can create some havoc. Yep. Um, for the Crows, they play the Suns tomorrow up at the Gold Coast. So Jordan Butts comes back, uh, as does Josh Rochelle. They're coming off their bye. Harry Schonberg uh, is probably likely to be the Medisar. He was last time. Lockie Murphy is out. Mitch Hins is also out. Um, Luke Brown didn't get recalled, which is quite surprising, coming out of COVID protocols. It sort of feels like he's always a lock, but he'll be playing in the sample. Does that surprise you? It does surprise me. He he usually is one of their first picked. Um, doesn't get a lot of the ball, but he's probably one of their best one-on-one defenders. Um, so that, that was a little bit surprising. A uh, couple of big ins for the Crows in Jordan Butts and Josh Rochelle. Jordan Butts will be important because in the last four weeks, has this stat, the Gold Coast, have won the inside 50 count by an average of 20. Wow, they're getting some very 20. good service to forwards. They're playing very, very good football, and they've surprised a lot of us, and they're in contention for, for the finals if they keep playing the way they're doing. Um, I love, I'm loving what Took Miller's doing again. Yep. He's just picked up from last year, uh, you know, averaging over 30, a lot of contested possessions. So he'll probably go head-to-head with Laird, I reckon. So that'll be a good battle in there. But um, the Gold Coast are, are playing some really good footy and they're, they're really hard to beat up at, uh, at Gold Coast Stadium this year. I would say that uh, Miller would be in the All-Australian conversation right now if they were picking a team. He's just been so, so consistent and wins so much of the football. Another one of your old teammates as well. New Lisa Life up there, Levi, Levi Casbolt. It's amazing what a change of scenery does for some blokes and... He's relishing it up there. Him, him and uh, Marbil Chol. Who yep. would have thought those two would have hooked up together and and been a headache for most sides this year? They're they're playing really good footy together. Their chemistry's been great, and they're giving the uh, the Gold Coast mids some some big tall timber to kick to. So he, he's been fantastic as well. Footy fans, Port fans, uh, Crows fans, get involved this morning via the text line oh four two seven one five four one double six. This one from Brett. The Swannies are a dangerous team again, but I believe if Port just crack in for four quarters, we can get the four points and a Lear on Franklin. What a matchup. And you're right. That is a really, really nice matchup. Just because they used to be teammates, a Lear is just such an athletic beast, but as is Lance Franklin. So it depends on what sort of service he gets, but... Yeah, it is a really, really salivating matchup. Yeah, well, unless they try and free Alir, Alir up and send him to someone else tr- to try and allow him to come across and intercept Mark in front of Franklin. So that'll be the only, the other option they could go down as well. Mm. All right, the all-new Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. To find out more, visit audisolitaire.com.au. If you are going to the footy today as well, let us know, 0427154166, because right now, I mean, it's predicted the conditions, particularly given a 27154166. That's a text line. We'd love to take a call from as well. one 736 736 It's a gorgeous day across Adelaide just to get out there and do some stuff. In South Australia around Cape What's on in SA? Yes, we love doing this. Uh, we do this thanks to Climate's Trade Centre at Regency Park. It has the best Dakin prices. Um, what could we get up to today, Bryce? Well, the Adelaide Cabaret Festival is on for one more week. If you enjoy a wine and feeling a little bit refined, there are some cracking shows on this season. Until the June the 25th, head to Adelaide Cabaret Festival website for tickets. Boy and Bear on tonight at the Lion Arts Factory. Very, very good band. Like a young Powderfinger. They are. Do a they, very, very good version of Fall at Your they've Feet. They've got some great tracks. What sort of music are you into? Boy and Bear. There you go. <laughs> That's a low piece of hanging fruit that you just gobbled up.
Hey, um, one for the kids, Disney mm-hmm. on Ice, started last night at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Uh, it's on until Monday night. Get your tickets from DisneyOnIce.com. Great show for the kids. Yes, absolutely. My kids are just so frantically into uh, Elsa and Anna at the moment. So, yes, that song, which you all know, plays frequently each and every morning just to start the day. Uh, it's Winter Race Day as well at the Murray Bridge Racing Club. So, uh, make sure you go in there, check that out, gamble responsibly. Some good sample games uh, across Adelaide today as well. So there's a good game happening at Woodville Oval. That's the Eagles taking on the Dogs. You would clearly expect the Eagles to get the chockies there. You would think so, but uh, the Dogs will upset a few, I reckon, in the second half of the season. So a bit of a danger game for the Eagles. Uh, Westies take on Adelaide, who are fielding a, another strong side, the Crows. Uh, and the traditional grudge match, Port Adelaide and Norwood. That's always makes for good fun. Mm. Uh, just a quick reminder as well, uh, that game, West Adelaide taking on the Crows, you can catch live on SENSA uh, this afternoon, just after lunchtime. It's bang on 9.30. Let's get straight to the news, and then we'll go through a bit of a score update next. Uh, some of the big things that are happening around the country, including... Golden State Warriors, I've done it again. This Saturday scoreboard. All right, let's talk about the Golden State Warriors because they have done it once again. And it doesn't seem like this little dynasty is going to stop anytime soon. Steph Curry finally uh, put the missing piece of silverware into his unbelievable trophy cabinet, picked up a finals MVP. He's just a complete player. Now they're talking about, oh, where does he rank in the all-time great players? Well, it's definitely inside top 10 probably make a case for him that it could be somewhere near the top five, maybe top six. But um, the Warriors, how good? So good. And just talking about Curry, when I think it was one of the first questions he got asked in an interview after the game, they asked him about uh, finals MVP and he was like, what are you talking about? Don't ask me that. We've just won our fourth championship ring. So he was uh, very emotional after the game um, and what a team they've been over the last five or six years. And, And Steve Kerr, what about him? The leadership he's shown, he's, I think that's four or five as a player, rings, and now yep. four as a coach. So Nine in total. That's um, He's going to be put up there with the great coaches as well. Yeah, he's doing some pretty remarkable things, Steve Kerr. And what I did uh, like is that Steve Kerr was asked about Steph Curry and saying, you know, it's good to see that he's finally got that sort of missing piece in the cabinet. He said, no, he hasn't. He needs to win an Olympic gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> so his focus now should be on the 24 to, Olympic team. Just because he doesn't need any more motivation, Steph Curry. So, uh, yeah, it was great. They mm. they made him look silly yesterday. They just lit up like they, we know they can do, and um, they, they were so, they're so good to watch. So Steph Curry took the high road when asked about uh, a piece of individual accolade. Um, Clay Thompson didn't hold back. So the best thing about some of these NBA players – Draymond Green is fantastic at it as well, is that, I mean, LeBron James is the opposite. He takes a high road for absolutely everything, but then tells you that he's taking the high road, so you know what he's saying. So it's a bit of a, there's a couple of meanings in it. But anyway, they tell you exactly what they're thinking about who they're thinking um, 100% of the time. Listen to Clay Thompson in regards to a tweet, I think it was, that Jaron Jackson made a couple of weeks ago. On the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing. Freaking bum. That, I had to watch that. I'm just like, this freaking cloud. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That memory just popped up. You're going to mock us? Like, you ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. <laughs> How good is that? So, Jaron Jackson tweeted strength in numbers, which is Golden State's motto after they beat them earlier on in the season when the playoff series. So, 
Yeah, Clay didn't forget about that. And I just love how vocal they are to oh. come out. Like, just imagine an AFL player coming out and saying, oh, look, I'm going to respond to someone who said something in the media or, or someone, another player who said this, and I'm going to go and say it at a press conference. It just wouldn't happen. Oh, players keeping receipts. It's, there's nothing better. And that's why we, <laughs> why we love American sports, because they just speak their mind and it is refreshing at times. But maybe we need to start bringing that into the, the AFL. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Bit of colour. I like it. Very nice indeed. Um, you got your uh, Socceroos merch yet? You jumped on board? I've always been on board. Oh, come on. This is you huge. You can admit though. it. This you... is huge for Australian soccer. Uh, if they were to miss out on the World Cup, um, it would have been a huge blow to, to soccer in Australia. And, geez, they didn't do it the easy way. They needed to win the last two games um, to, to make it. And they were well and truly underdogs playing against Peru over the weekend um, and they won in penalty shootouts. And to pull the goalie, Matt Ryan, who yep. is a world-class goalkeeper, to pull him for the penalty shootouts was a, a huge call, but it was one that paid off and it'll go down as one of the great calls in, in Australian soccer. Mm, absolutely. And just didn't the memes begin after our Andrew Redmayne's little wiggles antics? <laughs> it was brilliant. In the one. net. Absolutely sensational. Um, if you've got a tip for us as well for the races, text it through. We gamble responsibly here, of course. 0427 154 166. This was dropped last time on Channel 7. Murray Bridge, race 7, number 8, Mystery Island. That was our one to watch. So there you go. It's paying 10 to 1 as well. So I don't know a lot about racing, but when I get a good solid tip, sometimes I like to go for it. Well, the, the tracks are a little bit heavy with the, with the rain that's been here, which means a few mudlarks might get up. So. Well, look, look at this guy, eh? Hey? <laughs> look at this go. guy, a little racing expert. <laughs> Bryce Fitzmagic Gibbs. Fitzmagic. Oh, we love Fitzy. Oh, we he's very been much in good do. form too, Fitzy. He's been in very, very good form. Oh, I don't remember a time where he wasn't in really, really good form. So he's just very, very consistent. Um, Brad Scott was in town uh, earlier this week as well, and he was having a meeting with the sample bosses, uh, which was interesting in itself. There was a lot to discuss. First of all, let's hear from the AFL general manager. There are some things we need to work through and I don't think we've got it absolutely right at the moment. We can, we're keen to work with the Sandville clubs to come up with a better structure. Two things in particular, and that is the mid-season recruits. What happens, a few things need to be tweaked. Mainly it's compensation because there's a couple of stories getting around, particularly from Glenelg now, that perhaps Glenelg losing Brett Turner and losing Sam Durden, they paid this much for it, and they're getting compensated less. So to recruit players, get them in, get them jobs, get this, get that, not particularly, definitely with, I know Brett Turner had a job through his family business, but for a sample club to recruit a player and then genuinely lose money in terms of compensation when they go to the draft is just not on. So that's first and foremost. It looks like um, the next mid-season draft, there'll be better compensation for clubs. Yeah, and I think it's really important because... Every dollar matters in the SANFL, uh, and when you're going out and recruiting these guys, uh, putting a lot of time and effort into them, setting them up, relocating them, uh, in some cases from interstate, to pay potentially a transfer fee, guys from other clubs, uh, and I think it might be 10K conversation, um, it does hurt the pocket a bit of, of Sanford clubs, so uh, it looks like it's being addressed, and they'll make a few changes for next year. Next item on the agenda for Brad Scott and the sample presidents was the last touch rule, and if that's something that could be incorporated into the AFL. 
seems fairly universal that it's been a positive change. So it's fair to say the AFL are looking very closely at what the Sandville are doing with last disposal. Oh, it is a no-brainer. First of all, it's called the last touch rule. It's actually not last touch rule. It's the last clear disposal rule. But this is something that is just a matter of time before it goes into the AFL. You've experienced now for the best part of a year and a bit. Last touch rule. What's it like? I, I like it. I enjoy it. it. It did take me a couple of games to get used to because it, it obviously didn't come uh, natural uh, and it was a little bit different coming from the AFL. But yeah, in, in terms of getting the, the ball back into play uh, and tactically, you've got to be a little bit smarter where you kick the ball. Um, I mean, they're paying deliberate out-of-bounds post-possession yep. most of the time anyway. So I think it makes sense and it sounds like the AFL are going to bring it in. What about this one? Would I be silly to suggest that um, the 25 metre uh, penalty could be introduced instead of 50 metre penalty? I think that's another great point. 50 metres is a huge penalty, a huge price to pay, especially when we're seeing the, um, the no stand rule or guys that are not even impacting the play. Uh, and they're getting penalised 50 metres for. Um, 25 metres seems a lot more fair, uh, in my opinion. Mm. All right, what do you think? 0427154166, some of these sample rules. Uh, sample purists out there, do you think it's working? Statistically, uh, the sample will tell you as well that it's improved the state of the game in the sample that stoppages are down and all the key categories are tracking in the right direction since they introduced the last touch rule a couple of years ago. And the AFL finally are going to get hold of it and say, yep, we'll introduce this. It felt like for the best part of two, maybe two and a half years, that the AFL just wouldn't touch it because, you know, well, it's come from a lower league, as if we need to uh, tweak our game and get ideas from a lower league. That's that's not what we need to be Rubbish. involved with. Well, maybe. Well, they've changed their tune by the sounds of it, haven't they? <laughs> they've changed their tune. So credit to the AFL and well done to the sample for um, introducing a rule that's going to um, jump on. What sort of other rules do you think should be changed in the AFL? Um, I've got one. The protected zone 50-meter rule, that is just an absolute joke. So last night, if you were watching the game, and in particular, um, if you're an Essendon supporter, this was when the Saints were really, really coming hard, and all of a sudden, this was absolutely game on. So Billings gets a 50-meter penalty. He gets a gift a few minutes into the third. Saints are starting to charge. This is a rule that has no relevance, no impact for the most part in the game situation yet it can drastically change uh, the point of a game with a 50-metre penalty. Yeah, it's it's huge. And as you said, the, the impact it can have in terms of changing momentum of the game, uh, changing run-ons, and for for something that's not even going to impact the play, it, it just seems a bit silly, doesn't it? Mm. All right, 0427-154-166. Uh, what do you think? Should that be scrapped? Um, the other thing as well is, just quietly behind the scenes. Just quietly. Just quietly, and no one's sort of been talking about it. That's how it's disappeared, and that's what happens with a lot of the umpiring decisions. Descent rule's gone. Is it gone? You tell me the last time, in the last sort of couple of weeks, you saw a penalty be awarded because of descent. And I, I'm watching, and I'm telling you, um, players are throwing their arms up. Players are starting to sort of question a few of the decisions. They're not calling it. They've said, oh, by the way, that descent rule, um, let's just quietly phase it out. And rightly so, like to get 50 metres paid against you for putting your arms out, like it's a joke. It's, mm. it's an emotional game and they've just gone about it, as you said, very quietly. They didn't actually come out and say that they were going to relax the rule, did they? Not that I know of, no. no. 
No. So there's a memo. I think there's a memo being sent to the umpires. Maybe they should just ask relax. Brad Scott when he was in town the other day. <laughs> but I, I think that's and fair, uh, that's great. Uh, that was frustrating a lot of fans and a lot of supporters. So for them to ease the jurisdiction on that, um, that'll be. Happy for all, I reckon. Mm, absolutely. Um, geez, we've got some good texts coming through for some of the good uh, nicknames that have been given or received. So this is off the back of uh, Bryn Tickle, the debutant, uh, who what we're hearing is has a new nickname of Port Adelaide from the Port Adelaide Football Club. His nickname is Tess. So you can work out why Bryn Tess Tickle would be called Tess. So uh, looking forward to seeing what the number 27 can do in his debut. These texts, we're going to read them out next. If you've got one, a good nickname that you've uh, inherited or maybe you've given to someone else, text it through 0427 154 166. Port Adelaide debutant by the name of Bryn Tickle, who uh, has got the new nickname Tess. Still trying to work out why his nickname's Tess, but if you've got any ideas, I mean, text us through 0427 154 166. Good luck, Bryn Tess Tickle. We confirmed it yet? This is just not a Chinese whisper that you've just made up yourself, Hazy. I'm going real hard on it too. (laughs) Really hard to it. Like I said before, so I heard it secondhand. Who knows the person who told me? He might have heard it second or third hand. So by the time it's got into my hands, it might be fifth or sixth hand. But you know what? This country was built on putting mayonnaise on everything. (laughs) So let's just keep on going with it, I reckon. Oh, brilliant. I've I've actually got another one. So back to the Carlton days, Jared Waite. Now, he wasn't known for his professional habits, (laughs) so you could say. His diet certainly wasn't the best and he carried a little bit extra weight on his guts so the boys nicknamed him the mud the mud as in mud guts as in mudagutska <laughs> and they would <laughs> they would chant to the song acdc thunderstruck mud <laughs> and he would get up and do a little dance and it got to it actually got a little bit beyond a joke that the coaches had to pull Jared in and say, look, you need to stand up in front of the group and, and tell everyone that you do not want to be referred to as the mud anymore. So by proving that you don't want to be called the mud by losing weight or the fact that was he embracing it? He was embracing <laughs> it, but it just wasn't a good look for some of the young kids coming into the club. So Jared got up and said to the to the group, I love a bit of banter, I'm all for it, but can you please not refer to me as Mudagutska anymore? <laughs> that is, you shouldn't be embracing that, Jared. That should kick you in the gear instead of calling yourself the mud. 0427154166, James texted in and said, my boss's nickname is Noodle because he thinks every job should take two minutes. Solid <laughs> yeah. enough, Noodle. Yeah. Maddie, my, nickname's, my mate's nickname is Cow because his skin's so pale and milky. Uh, I know Milky as well. Bloke goes play footy with by the name of Luke Barmby. Um, Milky, yep, pretty much got white hair. <laughs> yep, it's a good one. Uh, Paul, we call our apprentice Lantern because he's always got to be carried at work and he's not too bright. Nicky, my boyfriend's nickname is Doodle because once he had a big night, fell asleep naked on top of his bed, and everyone saw his doodle. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's simple but effective. It is. It is. That's and what they, happens? And they stick with you for the rest of your life. They do. <laughs> Do you know what? While we are talking about nicknames, it gives me a good excuse to play this. So this is from a radio station in New Zealand um, called The Rock. I think this is the drive crew. Um, just talking about some of the nicknames that have been sent into them. And there's some absolute pearlers. And just um, 
it's great to get some ideas from across the globe and maybe incorporate them into Australian culture. Uh, had a boss called Drillbit because he's a small, boring tool. <laughs> Richard Henderson writes, I work with a guy who had one big hand and one small hand. He was known as the clock. Mark O'Brien writes, worked in a factory and there was this guy called Keith there. Took me ages to realise that his real name was Keith, but he had an eye missing. <laughs> There's a guy at work that has one leg shorter than the other, which causes his head to bob side to side. So they call him the sniper's nightmare. That's the best one. That's the best one. The sniper's nightmare. Oh, I just love the bloke who's absolutely lost it laughing He's, in the he's having a good time. He's having a really, really good time. Speaking of uh, nicknames or maybe uh, names that just aren't actually your name, what about our very own Kim Dillon? Kim Dillon is part of Kimbo on the Roach. So, look, they take a thousand texts. So you could understand if uh, someone sort of slips in a bit of a funny name that uh, perhaps Kimbo would uh, read it out because he's just got to get through, through so many. But um, see if he can pick up this straight from the top. How about this? Hi, guys. Uh, does the Port Adelaide AFLW team, mm. is it able to wear the Magpies Guernsey in every home derby? That's from Jack Mierhoff. No, I got done again. By whom? Well, I read out that text. Yeah. Oh, about... And it had from Jack... Oh, no. Me, no. me off. <laughs> yeah. The text... Oh, I'm leaving. Bye-bye. You're on your own now. I thought it was weird. Oh, that text from Jack Mehoff, laugh out loud, oh. his name went over the top of your head, didn't it? Kimbo, laugh at... Oh, God, I've just got it. <laughs> Jeez. Do you think that took a while? Jack Mehoff. No. Jack... Oh, no. Mehoff. Yeah. That text from Jack Mehoff. So that particular text, um, whoever sent it in, what we do know is his name isn't Jack Mehoff. Really got you a good one, Kimbo. There's a lesson to be learned in that. Maybe proofread the text oh, before you put it. him straight he to just air. just said it so seriously too. Uh, Kimbo. Kimbo, Kimbo. Oh, there you go. 0427 Keep those nicknames coming in and get around uh, Port Adelaide's newest recruit, uh, Bryn Testicle, who make his, makes his debut, the number 27 Port Adelaide. Uh, on that as well, it's a huge game for Port Adelaide. One fifteen at Adelaide Oval. They need to beat the Swans. They have to beat the Swans. They can only sort of afford one or two more slip-ups towards the finals if they're any shot of getting inside the top eight. Still got to play Melbourne as well and a couple of really tough games down the home stretch. I know Melbourne are battling, but you feel like they're going to get themselves back in order. I still feel like this is doable for Port Adelaide. Yeah, and they need to take advantage of playing the game's Adelaide Oval, so they've got a tough four or five weeks coming up and Sydney are, are going to be no no easy match, but uh, it is here, advantage in Adelaide, so they need to make the most of that. Mm. Uh, for the Crows, they take on the Red Hot Suns, who just knocked off the Dockers a few weeks ago and had a couple of, they're coming off the back of a couple of really, really big wins as well, albeit one of them is against North Melbourne, but Suns are flying, the Crows are developing, the Suns go in as Red Hot favourites. Can they cause an upset up there? They've only lost to the Suns once before in their club's history. That's an amazing stat, isn't it? Mm. I don't think they'll beat them, though, uh, this this time round, the, the Suns are doing some really good things at the moment. Stuart Jew's got a, a nice game plan put in place, and it's starting to come to the floor now. So uh, they're going to be tough to beat up there, the Suns. Put the question out there as well via the text line 0427 154 166. Uh, which rules are you tweaking? Gary from Theberton said, Thank Christ the descent rule is eased up. Common sense prevails and my TV can recover from the random objects it's been throwing at it. What I would straight away do as well, so back in the old days, when I say old days, um, as, for, as close as last season, 
is that when you look at, when you yeah. think of there's a tricky call or a call where you're like, I'm not really sure about that, straight away, I look at the reaction of the player to see, yeah, was that a bogus call or not? And now I do the same thing and the players are going to sit there with still faces and not show any emotion at all. It's like, that's what annoys me the most because I look for confirmation from the players and their reaction to know if that was a dodgy call or not. Yeah, and it gives it away straight away, doesn't it? But um, it's an emotional game. Just just let it go. Mm. Let it go. Um, I'm just going to go for this one, Bryce. We'll see what happens here. I'll, I'll hover my own finger over the dump, dump button. But, it's um, not Jack. It's not from Jack, is it? It's not from Jack. Um, comes from a very, very strong family. The Meehoffs, very, very good. Mr. Meehoff as well. <laughs> really good guy. Shout out to you, Jack. This one reads, Kangaroo Island has the greatest nicknames. Uh, first one, Sackrash, obvious why. Squeak, balls didn't drop for years. Seymour, last name's Butler. Uh, Pop from KI and Wee Man, who's a short bloke. So there you go. Good crew down in KI. Well, that's what you get as well. If you're short, you're always going to get Wee Man. Good part of the world, KI. Mm. Part of the uh, South Adelaide country zone. We've uh, visited there a couple of times in the last 12 months. And... Uh, Fruitful nicknames hmm. right there. I used to know of a funny man, this is via a text line, who was missing half an arm and was nicknamed Bandit from One Arm Bandit Poker Machines. So there you go. Keep them coming through. 0427 154 166. Uh, and keep your thoughts coming through on some of these rule changes because the other one as well is the protected zone. That is an absolute joke. And if you read into the themes on Twitter, and in particular last night, uh, when it was a – I mean, the Saints were absolutely coming and they get this – genuine gift uh, midway through or a few minutes into the third quarter. It's little situations like that that can change the entirety of a game. And when it comes down to a, a call which is made, which has no relevance in the situation, it's being used because it's been implemented. That's just really, really awful to watch. Well, we spoke about it before. So, and, and we mentioned what the Sandful have, and that's a 25-meter penalty. If you were to encroach in the protected area, what about just a 25-metre penalty? That would, would that sit better with you, Hazy? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because a 50-metre penalty can absolutely change everything. You can go from it being a neutral spot on the ground to an easy shot of goal. 25-metre yeah. penalty is a good, nice little slap on the wrist. Yeah. It gives uh, the person who receives the 25-metre penalty a nice little advantage, but it's not going to completely change the play for the most part, is it? Yeah, I think, I think that's a good balance. The Audi Q5 is highly regarded in the mid-sized luxury SUV category. Visit Audi Solitaire online today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, the all-new Audi A3 and S3 have arrived. To find out more, visit audisolitaire.com.au. Gorgeous conditions for a winter's day uh, across Adelaide today. There could be a few power outages. That's what they're predicting a little bit later on. That's classic Adelaide, isn't it? Classic South Australia. You're having a really nice day, getting ready to settle down and watch the footy, and then, boop, power goes out. Power outages. Or is, is that um, referring to Port Adelaide? Oh, a little play on words Game there. Game today, maybe. <laughs> or, but all as I can see is blue sky, so that might not be the case. Very, very nice. So you head along to the footy. Let us know. 0427 154 uh, The Crows taking on the Suns tomorrow. The Suns go in as absolute red-hot favourites. So Scott Burns spoke during the week, early in the week, he said this. We want to give guys, you know, that two, three, four weeks if we can. Um, and then it's really up to that individual whether they, they really grasp the opportunity and turn that three or four weeks into to eight to ten weeks. We're making decisions on on the future as much as as the now. So we, we'd certainly love to give younger players opportunities uh, for a month of football. 
playing for the future versus playing for absolutely what's the best side right now to get a win. So obviously this is a rebuild for the Crows. Um, they've constantly come out and said, we're not going to be judged, judged by a win-loss performance ratio because they've still got three games, two against North Melbourne and another one against the Eagles, which they should win, which would take them seven games. So they should, without having to do too much, have the same wins as last year. But playing for now versus playing for the future, how, I mean, how do you mix it? And what are your thoughts on this? Uh, as a former player, as a Crow supporter as well, 0427 154 166, of trying to get the balance right to do what's right for the future versus keeping everyone happy now. And I think that's the key word is balance. You can't have it all tilted one way and all tilted the other way. Um, I, I do like it though. I do like that if you're going to give someone a game, just tell them they're going to be in for the next three to four weeks. And that takes any sort of anxiety out about if they worried about if they're going to play well. Um, you know, I certainly had, I'll give you an example. So Chase Jones in his first year or two at the Crows, uh, when he was playing, his form wasn't the best. And I think he'd only had like three touches to halftime, say. And he made that comment to me at halftime when we were about to run back out onto the ground. How you going, mate? You know, you're right. He's like, oh, no, I've, you know, I've only touched it three times. And it's like, that's playing on his mind. But if he, yeah. if he knew that he's playing for the next four weeks regardless, that just takes that worry out of his mind and he can just play and concentrate on football. So for some of these guys who they want to look at, whether they want to keep them on their list going forward and, and whether they're going to be a part of their future going forward, I think it's a great idea to give them three or four weeks just to say, play footy, play your role, don't worry about getting dropped and we'll see what happens. I, I dare say their performance will be better than them worrying about, I need to get a kick, otherwise I'm going to be dropped next week. So Kane said a couple of weeks ago as well, which um, generated plenty of interest, and I absolutely agree with him that guys like Josh Rochelle and Riley Thilthorpe, Matthew Nix should say to them, you will never play in the sample. Even by your standards, if you're out of form, you will find your way back into form inside the AFL side. Does that have merit? I'd love it too, because... They are the future. You you might as well throw them in the deep end, let them work it out on the fly, and there are going to be some games where they're quiet and it might be two or three games that they're quiet, but they will be better off for, for it in the long term, working their way through that little form patch if they're still playing, I have no doubt. So Riley Thilthorpe spending time in the sample and probably a lot of people saying spending too much time in the sample this year. Has that surprised you? It has surprised me, yeah, because... Although he's a big fella and the big fellas take a little bit longer naturally to develop and and become really good at their craft, I was staggered that he played majority of the first half of the season in the sample. Staggered. Mm. He, mm. he should have been playing every week, like like Kane has said. Um, I, I 100% agree with that. Mm. All right. Your thoughts, Crow supporters, 0427 154 166. Uh, this one reads, I'd definitely be playing Schomburg. He's got something different in the midfield and needs a proper crack. He is the future, and he's probably getting to that point where he's almost too good for the sample. Um, he racks it up in the sample and looks really good. And there's, it's Lockie Scholl, it's Harry Schomburg, it's some of these kids who, you know, in different stages of last year, like, yep, these guys are the future. They won't play in the sample again, but they've found themselves on the outer. And, and someone like Schomburg, like, he's found himself as the medi-sub for a lot of the week. So, like, how's he supposed to get continuity in his footy if he's playing a quarter here or there? And because he's only played a quarter or two for a couple of weeks, then he has to get dropped back to the sample to get a full game under his belt. Then he comes back up as the medi-sub block. 
how's he supposed to improve and get better if he's only playing, you know, really a game of footy in, in four weeks? So they're the future, but they're these kids who are in their early 20s. What about some of these other guys? I'm Jimmy Rowe, I'm a massive fan of Jimmy Rowe, but he's uh, not a junior junior anymore. He's a mature age recruit. Uh, the only one is Hinge, and Frampton's probably in that category as well. So mid sort of 20s. Um, are they, could they still be part of the rebuild of the future? Yeah, I think they can, and they just need to keep playing around with what's their best mix. Like I think you've seen... Um, Lockie Murphy's been dropped. He's probably comes under that umbrella as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can't play them all, but yeah, some of these more mature guys, I think still, you still need in your side. Um, and as we spoke about before, it's all about balance. What, mm. What's best for the team balance. James Rose is only 23 in September. So he's still got plenty of time to make a serious impact and doesn't have a contract yet. So he and Hinge are probably the most notable um, players heading into this season without a contract for next year. Yep, and you know, conversations around contracts come up usually about this time of year, don't they? When mm. uh, when guys haven't re-signed or, or haven't been offered a deal yet. So those two, no doubt, will be looking for, although they're playing in the Sandfall, look, be looking to go and having a big game or two over the next couple of weeks in the Sandfall and, and getting back into the, to the AFL side because it's, it could be their career on the line. Quick whip around for the Sample this weekend. So it's part of the split round of well, as well. The Eagles taking on the Dogs at Morn Team Oval. That's getting underway today. Uh, Bloods taking on the Crows. That's happening from 110. Tune in earlier for a comprehensive coverage on SENSA of that game. And Port Adelaide taking on the Red Legs. South Adelaide got the weekend off. You boys have to uh, put in a session this morning or are you free to do your own um, activities? No, the boys have had some training to do and uh, yeah, it was a great win last week. We obviously two weeks ago went down by a point to the Eagles and played North Adelaide last week who was sitting nicely on top of the ladder and uh, the, the boys have been playing some really good footy and was uh, they were well rewarded with a win over the top side last week and it certainly makes the bye week a little bit better when you're, you're coming off a win. Mm. So um, yeah, it keeps us in the mix uh, for the top five. All right, massive game today for Port Adelaide. They need to win this against the Swans to keep their finals hopes alive. Port Adelaide supporters, it looks like at stages you're going to have a forward line with four genuine talls, although Georgiades could probably play as a bit of a medium. He's still probably regarded as a tall. So you're going to have Finlayson, Marshall, Dixon, and Georgiades potentially in the same forward line at one time with Bryn Tickle handling ruck duties and rotating that through with Finlayson and or Dixon. How does that sit with you? Do you think it can work? Um, you think it can work? Yeah, I think it can. And we spoke about earlier, George Yardy's being a bit of a hybrid. He's good above his head, but he's also good at ground level as well. So um, whether you classify him as a tall, he's probably more of that, that medium medium height player that's dynamic in the air and on the ground. So, um, And with the weather being like it is today, uh, it, as I said, if they can get the ball in nice and quick, give the forwards the best opportunity to mark it, they certainly can do that. All right, get involved with the show. That text line once again, 0427154166. And don't forget, visit Solitaire Audi, test drive the new A3 and S3. This is Saturday's NSA. Good morning. Now, Bryce, we spoke about Jason Horn francis um, right at the start of the show and just about the whole pressure that comes with everything that he's doing. A um, couple of texts have come in as well. This one reads, very different uh, trains of thought. This one reads, let the kid play, leave him alone in regards to the media and all the scrutiny. This one reads, this is what he signed up for every year the number one pick is under pressure. Jack Watts had some interesting thoughts on this situation. He spoke via a Herald Sun uh, podcast and 
just basically spoke about um, how hard it is for a number one pick to navigate all the challenges and stuff that comes with it. But you've been there. You've lived it. Is what Jason Horn Francis going through, is that normal? Is it accepted? Or are we going too hard? I think it's just part and parcel of going early in the draft. And whether it's right, wrong or indifferent, um, he's going to have to deal with it. Um, everyone deals with it differently. Some, it, it can be fair, some can be unfair. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, if your performance is at a level that is speaking for itself, then usually things quieten down a bit. Um, now he's going to miss two weeks after the bye uh, with suspension. So give you, it'll give him a couple of weeks just to, to get his head right. And then I'm really looking forward to him just attacking the rest of the year and just playing some really good solid football. Because I think if he does that, everyone will just quieten down a bit. Mm. What it does do, though, is um, it gives uh, opportunities for the likes of Tom Lyon just to get a little bit creative. And cheers, you've been good, Tommy. Good stuff. It certainly does. I, I hope and I pray to baby Jesus that he wants to come <laughs> back to South Australia at some stage next year or this year. And it provides a huge opportunity for the Crows or Port Adelaide, but particularly as, as a Crows enough, I think their, their midfield needs someone like him, someone with something different and a bit of X factor. He loves his family too. He's very close with his mum uh, from what I can see. So... We've got a song here to um, to kind of serenade him back to our state, mm. and it's a lot. I keep forgetting what song it's to. Hazy Country Road, Country Road, John Denver. Yeah. Um, can you just guarantee us as well, uh, Bryce, that you will at least try to tell text um, it, Jason or Francis, at least somehow get this song into his ear? No, I will. <laughs> so he. All right. They've got a buy this week, and I dare say he'll be back in Adelaide, and I will catch up with him, and I will wow. play him this song. Put off contract Done. talks, clearly playing, frustrated. Flew home to Adelaide to see his mum on Mother's Day without telling the club. The club wasn't happy about that. You know I'm a raging optimist and I've got a very positive view on this situation. Horn Francis and North Melbourne are in a situation that only ends one way. He's obnoxious whenever he plays But I'd give North my firstborn To send him our way He'll explode So bring him home To Adelaide And the crows Horn Francis Needs his mama to bring him home to the cross. He's abusing his teammates on the field, yet he's happy to spray guys that are 300 gamers. Cause he don't like North Melbourne and losing every day. I'd trade Chase Jones with Rory Sloan, <laughs> Maddie Crouch and Jimmy Rowe to bring Jason to his mama so bring him home to the crows it's quite a bounty that you would give up for Jason Horn Francis there mate including your firstborn that's probably the most uh, controversial one and still probably not enough (laughs) still not enough still throwing some draft picks as well because you would give up your firstborn but you still wouldn't give up Josh Rochelle 
No, no, he he's going okay. My firstborn, she's uh she's actually a teenager now, and she's um she's really testing the limits now. <laughs> she off. You're happy for a yeah. break. <laughs> you can go now. All right. Text line's very busy this morning. Thank you so much for the text. This one as well. Just so while we are delving into all things AFL, Richmond will falter by season's end and probably finish ninth or tenth as their dynasty was short lived. And for the club that has only been in the finals for ten years out of the last forty for three flags. I'm not sure about that. I'd be very, very optimistic if I was a Richmond supporter that they could do what they did on Thursday night without Dustin Martin. They've got a good draw to finish the season and no team would want to be playing Richmond in the run home leading into finals. Mm. Not one. All right. Keep the text coming through. 0427154166. Make sure you catch up on the podcast as well to hear that little jingle about Jason Horn francis um, And we need direct feedback from you of what Jason thinks of that song. I'll see if I can get a little <laughs> snippet, a little video of his feedback about that song. Oh, yes, and where please. where he's at. Let's, see, let's yes. see if we can organise that. Well, that would be an exclusive because he hasn't said anything. <laughs> no, we can call it, and then we can call it an exclusive. Yeah. There you go. There's no losers here. No other show would have that. <laughs> no, there you go. Uh, it's, it's something, isn't it? 21 minutes past 10. Good morning. <laughs> oh, there you go. We're back on air. Just uh, a bit of football royalty walks past. Yes. The Messiah. SNSA studio. The Luke Messiah. Malcolm Blight walks past, gives us all a bit of a, a wave and a thumbs up, and all of a sudden my brain's been scrambled. I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> you know, he said the funniest thing to me a couple of years ago. I had to step in and produce his his evening show, and it was the first time I've ever met him. And obviously as a, as a fan, I was in awe of him. And he goes, you know what, mate? At the end of the day, everybody needs to sit on the toilet, and we're all the same. That's, and that's and it was so profound. It's true. It is true. But when it comes out of Malcolm Blight's mouth, you go, that's, yeah, there's a bit in that. Yeah. There's a bit in I that, Blight. Um, stick around as well. Crunch time is up in just a couple of minutes' time, Jared Waitley, Sam Edmund, Kane Corns, and Bryce Gibbs. Ooh, jeez. Big debut on crunch time. What are you expecting? I'm not sure, to be honest. His head is empty. <laughs> he has done no prep, and I think that's the best prep because he's going to be natural. Go in blind. Yeah. Don't you yep. dare look Jared Waitley in the eye. I, I, can you, see him on I the don't think he now, can. Actually. I can see him on the screen over here now. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Looking forward to that. Um, let's get your tips, boys, as well. So we're all in tipping competitions. Tell me, did anyone tip Richmond to win on Thursday night? I did. I did. Did you? You both did? Yeah. Yep. Are you sure? You're lying? No. Okay. Bryce, why'd you tip Richmond? Uh, underdone, down back, the Blues. Uh, and I just thought, Richmond starting to come into some good form and, yeah, they proved me right. Mm, you're lying if you're going to tell me that uh, you blokes tip Essendon to beat the Saints. Look, I didn't, but I, I had, you know, sometimes you have that gut feeling like the, something is up, something's going to happen here. Like gastro. Yeah, pretty much like yeah. gastro. Essendon and gastro are quite similar. And <laughs> I did have a feeling Essendon would play good, but I didn't think they would win like that. There you go. You had that good old-fashioned feeling in your guts. Uh, <laughs> let's go through some tips for the rest of the games. Port Adelaide the Sydney Swans. So um, Sydney go into this as favourites, as you'd expect. It's 6th v 12th, $1.63 versus $2.25. Bryce, who's going to win? Who have you got? Uh, I think Sydney will win by about four goals. Yep. Tell me, what do you think? 
I think Sydney as well by three or four goals. They play well in Adelaide. I, I have a lot of memories of Sydney winning in Adelaide, so I don't think they'll find it a problem. And a nice dry day for Buddy Franklin to kick a couple. Yes, that is concerning for the opposition, although it is Aaliyah Lee is probably going to get first crack. And uh, we know Aaliyah Lee at his best can absolutely beat anyone on his day. Um, I'm going to say Port Adelaide to keep its season alive. I'm not going to say they make the finals from here, but... Mm. I hope that they win today to make things interesting. Next game, West Coast v Geelong. Um, Geelong should win this. They're paying $1.10, which I think is actually quite generous. They should be paying <laughs> 98 cents. Well, this one's... Lose money. This one's for the uh, percentage bank, isn't it, really, for the Cats? It's getting mm-hmm. pretty tight mm-hmm. through the uh, that middle to top part of the ladder, and they'll be looking to put 10% extra on their total percentage mm-hmm. as it sits. Yeah. Um, West Coast, sorry, Western Bulldogs taking on GWS. Everyone's going for the Bulldogs. GWS will be tough. I reckon they're, you know, when you get a new coach and guys have got a new lease on life, I think I think they'll be close, mm. but the dogs just. Yeah, dogs will be favourites, but I think this is a bit of a danger game like Essendon was. I think the Giants can win. There mm. you go. All right, last game, of course, uh, for the round is the Crows taking on the Suns. Has anyone got the Crows? They're paying $4.70. The Suns have been in very, very good form. And obviously, the Suns play a very good brand of football up at Metricon Stadium. I don't think they can win the Crows, unfortunately. Sorry, Tommy. I think mm. the Suns will do it comfortably. Sorry to agree. Not enough firepower for the Crows. But I, I still have hope. Hey, good stuff, boys. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. You too, Hazy. Very smooth. Had a lot of fun. As Kane Corns <laughs> enters the studio, crunch time up in just a matter of seconds. Waitley, Corns, Edmund and Gibbs. Big, big morning ahead. Look at Bryce. Just shake off those nerves. (laughs) Look at him. All right, make sure you download the podcast as well. Nice little uh, Jason Horn Francis song in there. We'll catch you this time next week. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good one.